Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're uh, feeling the same way I do about, you know, the craziness in this time that even in times like these, it's our relationship with the Lord that, that gives us a guarantee. We know we're not going under. We know that God will always provide. He's Jehovah Jireh. You know, when you uh, signed up to be a Christian, you made an act of your will. You made a decision. I'm choosing to follow God. Yes, faith is of the heart, but you made a decision of your will. And still every day when you wake up, you make a decision of your will. I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. And by doing that, what you've really come into is a new life and a new covenant and a new family. Family is the word where God is your father, where God provides for you. He's your provider. He's the one who protects you. He's your protector. And so it isn't just a thing of going to heaven. There's benefits of being a child of God. So in times like these, take rest because God is for you. He'll always provide. You're not going to look back at the end of your life and say, God failed me. So take courage to everyone listening. Uh, I want you to, um, if you have a Bible and you're listening with your Bible, uh, Mark 16, and I'm going to read verse 15. And he said, and he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Everyone say, in my name. That means by my authority. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20 says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power, that word power means authority, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. You know, the Great Commission wasn't just for the disciples. It wasn't something just for the apostles. It wasn't something for a select few. It wasn't just for people going into the ministry. It was for everybody. Every Christian is called to preach the gospel. Every Christian is called to be ready to give a testimony to their faith. Every Christian is called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And for all of us, we have to come to grips with that in our heart that it isn't just set aside for a small group of people. It isn't set aside for an evangelist here and there. It's for every believer. Ephesians talk about how the, the, how the fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so God wants his people equipped. And the reason why is the message spreads faster and quicker and more effectively when it's shared by everybody. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a reality that what you're excited about, you talk about. If you won the lottery, I mean, there probably will be people that you wouldn't want to talk because tell because you uh, wouldn't want to have to share with them. They'd be hitting you up for it. But if there's something you were excited about, you'd be excited to tell somebody, hey, I'm going on this reality TV show, you know, whatever it is. When it's, it's built into the born again heart to share the gospel. It's part of it. My mom, when she was young and she got born again, she just wanted to tell people about Jesus. She was still, you know, coming out of a party scene, but she was still just telling people about Jesus, you know. Jesus has been so good to me. It's, it's, it's part of that, that, that when you get born again, there's a fire that burns in your heart to do something, that this gospel is too good to be kept to yourself. So I want to implant seed back into your heart. I believe we have people who listen who are soul winners, but always good for a refresher course. And then for those of you, because why? Why do I take time to talk about this? The reason I take time to talk about this is because I want you to have eternal fruit. You know, there will be people who will make it to heaven and will look back and they've never told anyone about Jesus. They maybe said a God bless you to a waitress here and there, but they never took the time to share the gospel with any loved ones. They never took the time to share the gospel with people. And, 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 
and give people the message of hope. And they're going to look back and, and their life will pass through the fire and they'll make it. Thankfully, they'll make it, but their, their life's work will pass through and there'll be nothing to show because nothing was, will be done for the kingdom of heaven. And I know that's tough, but I'd rather you go through a tough thing now and figure it out and then have a, a fruit, eternal fruit than, than get to the other side and realize your life was wasted. You know, when as a minister of the gospel, I don't look at what I preach and say, oh, this is going to be difficult to pe- for people to hear, and so I'm not going to preach it. That would make me a bad preacher. The whole of the gospel is difficult to hear. The Bible even says, for sinners, for those that are perishing, this is not a good message. You know, they don't want to hear that they're going to live forever. They don't want to hear that it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that's the judgment. They don't want to hear that every person will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And they don't want to hear that it's heaven or hell. They, they don't want to hear that if you're a good per- you don't go to heaven because you're a good person. You go to heaven because you believe in Jesus Christ. That's, it's a tough message, you know, but my job as a preacher isn't to preach what people want to hear. My job as a preacher is to preach the Bible. And so to bring this back up and put it in front of your eyes, Acts 1.8. So I'm going to give you a couple things. Number one, everybody is called to preach. Wait, but I'm not called to the ministry. That's fine. Everybody is called to preach. Why? Because there's a world to be reached and you have a realm of influence that other people don't have. You know, I make a point that if someone steps into my home, service person, whatever, that I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Why? Because this is my property. Someone came over today to work on my alarm system, and I tell them about Jesus. Why? Because this is, and sure, there's times it's uncomfortable, but this is my home, and God forbid someone walks on my property and doesn't have an opportunity to receive Jesus. The second thing that I want you to know about um, having eternal fruit is that it's, it's, the, the gospel goes with power. You know, this is where I believe people get messed up, mixed up, and they think, well, you know, I'm not a very bold person. I'm not a very, uh, uh, I'm not a very, that's not my personality just to step out. But the Bible says in Romans 1, 16, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You know, the gospel itself is anointed. The message of the gospel carries an anointing to change the hearts of men and women. So it's not about having a bold personality. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. That's Proverbs 28.1. And so if you, you, if you say to yourself, I'm not a very confident person, I'm not a bold person, that's not my, that's not my, um, that's not my personality, then what I want you to do is start every day when you wake up, quote Proverbs 28.1, Lord, I thank you, you said the righteous are bold as a lion. Lord, I'm bold as a lion. You give me courage in the face of danger. You know, there was a time for me where I didn't even want to pray for boldness because then I knew I would have to go out and share the gospel. But you decide, God, I'm not living my life this way. I need your help. That's what grace is for. And God will give grace. The Bible says he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. God wants to grace you where what was difficult, you find fun. Where things that would make you think to yourself, I can't walk up to someone and tell them about Jesus. You actually like are beelining for people because it becomes a passion. Trust me, I've seen people go from quiet, introverted, to, to standing up and, and j- jumping up on a bus and, and telling people about Jesus. What is that? That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. But the Word is anointed. So there's no pressure on you as the minister, as the, as the evangelist, as the door-to-door, the door-to-door soul winner. There's no pressure on you. There's just you're the messenger. You're there to share the message. You're there to bring a simple message, and it's the, it's the anointing on the Word that does the work. So number two, it goes forth with power. Number three, a lot of people pray, Lord, increase the anointing on my life. 
The Bible says in Acts 1.8, And you shall go tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. But it says, uh, And you shall receive power after that the Holy... Uh, sorry, that was Luke 24.49. Acts 1.8, uh, And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. And so the power is to be a witness. So people say, Lord, increase the anointing. And then I say, what for? What you have an anointing, you're born again, you have an anointing, go out and use it. When you've been faithful with the anointing God has given you and you've used it, then he'll, he'll, he'll add and there'll be a new outflow. But for me, you know, the anointing of my life has been increasing as, I, I've, as I've been preaching more and more. It's as I'm giving out. Because if I don't give out, then there's no purpose. It's like handing someone a gun and they say, give me more bullets. And be like, you haven't shot any of the bullets that you have. Why would I give you more? Oh, just give me more, just in case. No, when you get low, come back and talk to me. You know, you, I don't know if you've been paintballing before, but you fill up the hopper with paintballs and you go shoot. And then when you're done, you could go grab more paintballs. But you're not running, hey, give me another bag just in case. No, you, you haven't even pulled the trigger yet. So God will increase the outflow of anointing from your life when you use what you have. But the gospel goes forth with power. And then the next thing is to maintain an eternal focus. You know, for us, looking back is one of the most helpful things. I find it to be one of the most powerful things that I've done is to look back from eternity. You know, when you're in eternity, what's going to matter? Imagine somebody who their whole life, they only ever talked to one person about the Lord. And let's just say it's at a restaurant and then there's their waitress and they say, hey, I want to tell you that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And even if they stumbled over their words, they just say, hey, if you want to receive the free gift of God of salvation, pray this with me. And the person bows their head and prays and, and the person gets to heaven and looks back and realizes that over their whole life, the only fruit that lasted from their life was that one time on a Thursday morning when they were eating waffles that they decided to work up the courage and share the gospel. And they can look back and my, yes, thank the Lord I made heaven, but my whole Christian life was summed up in this one moment. But how thankful would they be that they took the opportunity to say my life at least counted for one person? But what about this? What if that one person only counted for one person, but then that waitress went from there and for the next 20 years, customer after customer, many times a day, she was able to lead people to Jesus. It's like the compounding effect of what what your voice does. You have no idea. Think about the person who shared the gospel that that gave Billy Graham the gospel message when he got born again. Think about the person who who preached when Billy Sunday got, got, got born again or great evangelist got born again. I think about the fact that there was a lady who was faithful to witness to my mom. That lady shared the gospel with my mom. I don't know who else she shared the gospel with, but in in winning my mom to Jesus, she won uh, me to Jesus. She, she, in effect, won my brother to Jesus and anyone that we lead to the Lord. Why? Because she was willing. And so take a step back. And I want you to, again, look on the inside and say in 60 years from now, or when the rapture happens, will I be wishing that I'd won more, more people? And if you're winning souls, praise the Lord. Let this be an encouragement to you. Keep winning souls. Keep the main thing, the main thing. But I really believe that when we get to heaven, we'll look back and we'll say, man, I'm so glad people pushed me out of my comfort zone. I'm so glad my knees were knocking together, but people said, hey, it's the Great Commission. And and that's what it is. It's the Great Commission. It's not the Medium Commission. It's not the Small Commission. It's the Great Commission. It's kind of a big deal. And then just to help you, um, just to help you uh, when you are soul winning, a couple things uh, is understand 
that not everyone says yes, and that's okay. Your job, yes, is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But then the Bible says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not will be damned. So there's going to be people that won't. You know, in sales, we have this saying, some will, some won't, so what, who's next? And you almost, and I know that sounds crazy when you talk about winning souls, but your job is to bring the message. And some people will. Some of the most unlikely people will. And then other times, some of the most, the ones who you think will, just won't. And it's up to you. And some of them, you plant the seed and, they, and they're not happy with you. But you'll see that person in heaven because three people later, that person finally said, hey, the Lord's really after me. And they gave their life to the Lord. Ultimately for us, obedience is, what's mat- is what matters. You know, I had the opportunity, um, uh, many of you know, I came out of a sales background and I was a manager and I had the opportunity last year after I'd come out of it to go back into a meeting with um, the top managers, and there's maybe 15 or 20 of them, people that I've worked with, people that know me, they know what I stand for, but was able to, in this manager meeting at the end, give a call for salvation and give people. And some of these people have heard me preach before. Some of them have been in the house church when I preached before, but many of them hadn't. But to give people an opportunity to rededicate their lives to the Lord. And for me, that was actually like something the Lord put on my heart when I knew I was going to go in and do this training, because it was a tough thing. I mean, I was actually very nervous to do it. But after I did it, it was like it almost broke, it broke something loose on the inside of me, because that was for me. Like, I, I think I would have a tougher time telling those people about Jesus and giving them, an, doing an altar call and giving them an opportunity than I would walking up to Bill Gates and giving him an opportunity to receive Jesus, you know? It's like these people, they're people you know. So, for some people, you're, you're afraid to share the gospel. And I want to encourage you, start with the hardest ones first. Let the Lord point someone out to you, someone who you would say, man, that would be a challenge. And just make up your mind. Make a conscious decision of your will. I'm going to go tell them about Jesus. And they can reject me. And so what? But the main thing is that I did it. So those ones, those ones where you're nervous, where your knees are knocking together, where your mouth dries up, those ones are there because are, are good for you as a soul winner because they're there to challenge you and they're there to get you to grow in confidence. It's as you open your mouth and speak that God will give you the boldness and, and ultimately you'll be able to say, well, if I can do that one, I can, do, I can talk to anybody else if I can talk to them. In sales, we call it eat the frog. If you've got 10 things to do first and one of them is eating the frog, you eat the frog first. Everything else is easy after that. If you wait till the end to eat the frog... You're going to be dreading it all day. So wake up and eat the frog. Do the tough one first. But I love you. Jesus loves you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person listening. Lord, for a spirit of peace to come on everybody, a spirit of confidence, Lord, that the faith in their heart will make their spirit confident. Lord, a new boldness in the mighty name of Jesus, that going forward from today, Lord, that you give them an eternal perspective to see these people in the light of eternity, that in a hundred years from now, everyone that they could talk to today is going to be in one of two places. Lord, I thank you for giving them a love for souls. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I love you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.